0: Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right inside, folks. This way, the show's about to start. Hey, what's inside, mister? What's that, son? What's inside? Oh, my dear boy, only the most wonderful, weird, amazing things your young eyes have ever seen. Like what? Tell you what. I'll let you in, free of charge. Just to find out. Really? Sure. Okay. Thanks, mister. The show's about to start. Prepare to witness the abject horror of Pogo, the only clown turned cannibal in captivity. But don't worry, folks. You'll be safe inside. You see, he's already had a bite to eat. frost Pet Cemetery nineteen eighty nine. I'm coming for you, Rachel, and this time I'll get you King and I will get you letting yeah. us die. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: like you something, Mommy. Hi, and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, where it's fun for the whole family. I'm Joel, who just realized... All of our interest stuff this episode is almost as long as a Jason Groom's plot
2: synopses. Do we not get laughing? Just for that, you don't get one tonight. So man, <laughs> whoa! Oh, please don't. Yes. Just for that, I'm going twice as long. <laughs> yeah, that's a better threat.
1: So, okay. Sorry. Yes. So thank you to Jason, who <laughs> whose plot synopses are in fact loved by at least one listener, or so she says and of course jason we have to tell everyone that on this episode of october spooky fix fest this this second episode the third sorry whoops third third episode episode, yeah because we're kind of uh-huh uh Uh, third episode we're talking pet cemetery but we're not doing it alone which of course we would be if we were together alone
2: so i guess we are kind of doing, yeah mm
1: -hmm. we are joined by a super duper special guest folks the one and only mr doug mccoy of the i almost really screwed that up i almost said the forgotten flicks podcast the (laughs) the found footage is it films with a plural yes doug the found footage films podcast I will edit that all that other stuff out. Yes.
3: Hey, how's it going? Good to be with you guys.
1: Yes. And of course, <laughs> uh, long time listeners may remember Doug actually called in a few times. That is right. Do you remember what movies you called in to, Doug? Because I don't even remember that we did movies back then. But go ahead.
3: <laughs> I don't remember which movies I've called in on. I remember um, Weird Science. I remember calling in on that one. But I also remember calling in last year for the first Spooky Flicks Fest mm-hmm. and telling you guys that the movies you picked weren't Halloween oriented.
1: Oh, yeah, you were that guy. Wait a minute. I was that
3: guy. (laughs) And you were very gracious in pointing out that one of the films did have some Halloween aspects to it. So you put me down gently, which I appreciate. And uh, uh, not all podcasters are that nice. Well,
1: can I make another point? Sure. What what movie did I say it was? (laughs) Because to your point, the thing, nope, not really Halloween oriented. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, eh, no, no, not really. Um, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it's creepy, it's scary, but not really Halloweeny.
3: Was uh, it Watcher in the Woods or Lady no, in
1: White? No, we didn't do that. Okay, I'm trying to remember and what.
2: That, Let's spin the very obscure uh, Halloween reference. It, was not it Must have been, yeah. Correct, as I recall. So, it you know, just for this, Pet Cemetery actually starts out at Halloween time, right? Exactly.
1: Actually, Super all of good. our movie, all of our movies this time around, even if they aren't directly taking place on Halloween, they do definitely have a, a more Halloween feel to me.
2: Yeah, I, will, I think I'll so go too. with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we had people under the stairs, which was definitely more of a, especially with the aspect of the kid and fool. And tra-
1: yeah, trapped in the house, like a haunted house kind of vibe. Yep. You know, even though it was obviously a haunted house.
2: And but, we have Pumpkinhead, which for me, clear per- reference.
1: Which for me personally. That was a Halloween, I believe, in eighth grade that I was first introduced to Mr. Bruce Campbell as Ash. It was a triple feature on HBO of Evil Dead 2, Pumpkinhead, and some other movie I've completely forgotten over the years. And so, (laughs) therefore, to me, Pumpkinhead will always be a Halloween picture, which I know is a bit of a stretch, but whatever. It works for me.
2: Uh, It references a pumpkin. That's all it cares. And
1: there is that, too. Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So So it's a
2: pleasure to have you on the show tonight, Doug. it's great to be with you guys.
1: Absolutely. And that intro music, as we said last go-round, was courtesy of Midnight Syndicate. They were gracious enough and wonderful enough. Ed, over there, uh, actually, A, responded to my email, and and several of them at that, and B, let us use their kick-butt music, and that was the the song you heard, that kind of creepy, almost music box kind of music underneath was uh, called Lullaby. And uh, so you definitely want to check that out. And they uh, actually have a movie called The Dead Matter that they worked on that that song was featuring a little bit. And I'm not going to go in too much because that might be coming up later in the show when I talk about <laughs> it. So uh, that being the case, without further adieu to, uh, to you know, quote the Germans, <laughs> I want to ask if you gentlemen are ready to get this party started. And by party, Absolutely. I mean the hour-and-a-half-long synopsis that will come out of Jason after I'm done with the trailer.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Bring it.
1: <laughs> all right, let's do it.
0: What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is
2: church all right?
0: Why, Judd? I have no reason.
2: I dreamed he got hit by a car, and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery.
0: What did we do tonight, Judd? What we did, Lars, was a secret.
3: May the Lord bless you and keep you.
0: Has anyone ever buried a person up there?
3: May the Lord make his face to shine upon you.
0: You're thinking thoughts best not thought of. Daddy's gonna do something really bad! You're thinking of putting him up there? Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. to us. <laughs> Paramount Pictures presents <laughs> Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. Hello, I'm JV. You may know me from such podcasts as JV Mail, About 12 Minutes, and the video game Journey Down Chapter 1 following segment of forgotten flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that if you have not yet seen it may ruin your viewing experience so if you plan to see this film please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film which you can find at netflix on dvd we now return you to forgotten flicks already in progress
1: it used to be Netflix on instant. However, as we found out, Jason, <laughs> Netflix apparently has our schedule, our show list because literally the night I'm getting ready to watch it on instant. <laughs> yeah, that was the last night it was on there. So
2: <laughs> actually and, uh, the truth behind it is, as I've done my homework, that a lot they of They have the- our show list. Yeah, you wish anybody at Netflix watched or listened to our show. Yeah, true. No, as is in their contract with many horror films, uh, especially big name ones, they are pulled for the month of October prior to Halloween and then are put back literally November 2nd. So.
1: Which I think you yeah. both will agree makes total sense because <laughs> you don't want anybody <laughs> who loves horror movies seeing your movie on Netflix instant and loving it so much that they would then want to go out and like buy the Blu-ray of it. I mean, you wouldn't want that. Because, gosh knows that people wouldn't just go get the BitTorrent. I mean, th- th- if that kind of thing existed. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes.
0: Jay- same
3: thing happened to me. I ended up uh having to pay two ninety nine to see it yeah. after expecting to get it for free on Instant Watch. So, same thing.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I- Well, I really shouldn't complain because, to be fair, I actually did catch it the last night. It was just on a whim. I was like, oh, yeah, make sure everything's still, oh, it goes off tomorrow. I guess I know what I'm doing tonight. (laughs) So, yeah, good stuff. So it was there. So, Jay, you want to hit us with some knowledge? And by knowledge, I mean an encyclopedia worth of a synopsis.
2: Well, before I get into my brilliantly articulate synopsis that give the listeners the gist of the movie so that they can follow along with our Whatever it is you call it that goes along with our rabbit trails. <laughs> yeah. Then I do wanna I do wanna preempt a little bit and reiterate what JV said. If you have not seen this film, there are a couple of spoilers that are pertinent to Oh your yeah. Viewing. Like in
1: this case, seriously, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's gonna ruin it. So please. Stop yeah.
2: listening and then go watch the movie, come back and we'll talk. But uh, yeah, there are a couple of big elements in this. We don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. If you don't plan on seeing it. Yeah, good on you. All right? Listen on. We'll we'll get going. But, uh, uh, yeah, this is spoilerific. So um, I have prepared my synopsis as thus. I'm going to read it directly from AMC because they are playing it next weekend uh, at (laughs) 10 o'clock. A doctor and his family move to a town near an ancient Indian burial ground. The end.
1: (laughs) Well, don't leave us hanging, Jason.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. You think I could not talk? You think that's the most I could talk? Yeah, right. Um, So this is the story of the Creeds who buy a pretty farmhouse across the street. At
1: some point, does he go? I don't think he was the lead singer of Creed,
2: although. I think I'm any
1: better when I sing like this.
2: No, they moved across the street in this, you know, I was going to say New England town across from uh, Herman Munster.
1: Well, it's in Maine, so it probably would be
2: New England. Is it in Maine? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. It's a Stephen
2: King story for the love of Pete.
1: That's true. And I do love me some Pete.
2: Yeah, I do love some Pete. Um, And they move to this kind of creepy little town, which happens to have this big pet cemetery next to it and not far from the pet cemetery is an actual Indian burial ground in which, if you bury something, it comes back to life, but not just like it was before. This time it's uh, smelly and evil and ugly and bad things happen. So first, cat dies. Girl's going to be sad, so they bury the cat. Comes back, evilest thing you can imagine. Um, then, horrible tragedy, spoiler alert, cute little blonde boy gets mowed down by a tractor trailer. <laughs> and... Huh. uh Pretty much destroys the family uh, in his state of complete insanity after the loss of his son. The dad, Lewis, decides, hey, it worked for the cat because that worked out so well. I'm going to bury my kid up there. Uh, He does so. And as you can imagine, that uh, doesn't go so well. If it did, it wouldn't be a very good Stephen King novel. So there you have it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, that was still pretty short. I'm impressed. So. (laughs) <laughs> Gentlemen, first first point of business. I'm going to real quick replay the very beginning of this trailer. Tell me if anything strikes you as odd. Hold on. What is that? That music. Yeah, what is that? That's Amityville, dude. Is I, it really? I am telling you, I have to go <laughs> pull it up, but I am almost 100% sure that that is from the original Amityville horror. That's what it sounds like to me.
2: <laughs> well, we've already established it, especially in trailers. Yes. Uh, we've heard a lot of crossover music. So. Mm.
1: No, it just it, it just kind of struck me. But some of the music in the movie itself also had that tone. So I wasn't sure if... Because uh, who did the music for this, Jay? Do you remember?
2: Uh, Yeah, it wasn't... I don't want to say it wasn't somebody big, because they've clearly done a chit ton more than I have. Um, It wasn't anyone that stood out to me name-wise. Um, It was Elliot Goldenthal.
1: Okay. I know that name, but I couldn't like tell you what else he's
2: done um he actually won an oscar but he did across the universe which was the um beatles
1: oh yeah 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 mm-hmm.
2: music to the movie um uh, and he did uh, the music for heat which was another one of his big yeah. ones but mm-hmm. um in not in my library of soundtracks not to say he's not great uh, academy award that's pretty big but um
1: yeah because not- you know the english patient won one of those so it equals great for sure
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i am elaine from seinfeld i hated that movie but i digress
2: I digress <sighs> so doug i wanted to ask five. you to kick this thing off since you haven't sure fucking- <laughs> that's okay um so um one of the things that uh, i wanted to get into a little bit about this movie is i was always a big fan of the novels yes. uh and and the written works of stephen king were you did you read those were you a big fan of of his
3: yeah, I believe I read them all. Um, I know I read Pet Sematary. I started with It mm-hmm. uh, at about sixth grade and was a Stephen King fiend from then on. So I think I've read everything of his in the 80s.
2: Nice. Yeah. I think my first one was um, – my very first one was Misery, oh. uh, but that then led me to read um, a bunch of others. I, I love his short stories especially. So,
1: So you guys have read the novel as well? Pet, I have read Pet Cemetery. I read it in high school. Yep. Okay. I, okay. I, did,
2: I didn't want
3: to be the guy on the podcast going, well, in the book, in the book, in the book. Yes. So,
1: <laughs> well, and, and again, this was, you know, 20 plus years ago. So, <laughs> it, you know, my recollection, I do remember certain aspects. Like, I i recall Gage, it was more vicious. I remember, if I remember correctly, yes. didn't uh, Judd have a wife? She was passed away. That, okay. But, in, in the book she was? Yeah. Didn't she come yes, back in, into play at some point, though? I remember... Gage talks about her That's what and it was,
3: yeah. says some pretty unkind things about her. He had picked up some sort of knowledge that uh, he wouldn't have had yeah. as a kid. You didn't see that in the movie, but um, yep. what he says is pretty, pretty vicious. Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, I'm trying to remember the, what the other really big discrepancy type things that pop out. It wasn't a whole lot. No, it's pretty close, I think. But I mean, it makes sense because King wrote the screenplay. So Yes. And, yeah. And that was, uh, and, and one of the things that, you know, just to jump into it, the one of the things that kind of, you know, popped out of me, did you guys see this at the theater when it came out? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing my dad took me, I was 13. <laughs> I don't understand why my mom would get so mad when I'd go on weekend visits with my dad and I'd come
2: home and,
1: um, yeah, but you know, it's funny to this day. I remember how utterly horrified and shocked I was. At the moment where, because the whole movie starts off and it's, you know, got that creepy tone and the music and, you know, the pet cemetery looks really weird and, and there's this foreshadowing of what's going to happen with Gage. And so there's all these things that happen in it. But then all of a sudden, boom, just this quick, just like jump cut to Paxcal's head like hanging open and them carrying him up slow motion. I actually remember being a kid, and that just scaring... Like, just being... Oh, it wasn't really scared me, but it just, like, horrified me. Truly, like, horrified me. And then... And we'll get to her. Zelda. Yes. hmm Oh.
3: <laughs> and, like, and you're a kid, alone in the dark. At least I was alone in the theater. uh uh-huh. Watching this, unprotected. Um, it's horrifying in a way that just can't be replicated today, I think. Yeah. To have been... Young, naive, inexperienced, and exposed to this in the dark with strangers—just uh, I haven't watched the movie again since I saw it in the theater until this week. So. so what you're
1: telling us is to have you come on the show, we had to kind of put you through a trauma. Exactly,
3: you had to traumatize me, and and Pascal was just the first of many traumas yeah. that we
1: pick
2: up in this film. So wow,
1: sorry about that, Doug. So <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I didn't actually. I didn't see this in the theaters. Um I it, I don't remember exactly when I saw it, but it wasn't too long after because I do remember it being a relatively a still relatively new um movie and probably I saw it on HBO which was a you know a, a lot of movies came out. It was the big way I saw quite a few especially horror flicks cuz I wasn't allowed to rent them, but if they were on HBO it somehow was okay. So
1: <laughs> Okay, explain the logic behind that one. <laughs>
2: Um, I think it's probably because uh, my my mom was embarrassed to, that oh, I was checking I gotcha. them out. Gotcha. Okay. Cause Not I so say, much. That she cared.
1: What made more sense is like, well, it's on, you know, regular you know TV, so they you know bleeped everything. Oh, and it's, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. Um, but I do remember watching it, and of course, anytime we watched a scary movie of any kind, uh, my dad always insisted on turning all the lights off in the house, and so. <laughs> To this day, I do the same thing to my children. I figure it's fair game. But um, <laughs> I remember watching this in the dark. And beyond, uh, I, I do want to talk about a couple things in this. But one of the things that got me uh, back then intensely, and this rewatching it even still got me, is there are a lot of what I call the "boo" moments. Oh yeah. You know.
0: Yes. Real mm-hmm.
2: quiet. Nothing's going on. All of a sudden, freaking cat jumps out of nowhere, meow, and it just makes you jump out of your seat. Yeah, indeed. Um, there was a little jump cat. <laughs> yes.
3: Literal jump cat
2: scare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't help that I currently have a cat that looks almost like that. So
1: (laughs) you named it church. I would have. No, (laughs) Uh,
2: no, not going to happen. So anyway,
1: but it's funny that Doug says that because that's sort of the, I guess you could use the word cliche. (laughs) Yeah. Of horror films is you do the false threat, right? We usually, it's a cat and or some animal that make a loud noise. And right. then the character, you have that moment of how the the audience is allowed to oh, breathe for a second. And then, boom, you really just you know, nail them. And yeah. it's pretty much, I guess, as old as horror films. You know, well, it's an old boxing
2: move. You know, feign
1: the left, hit with the right. Yeah, you know. You know, it is. I mean, there's definitely a, a sleight of hand aspect to that. Yeah. But considering, I will give him credit because at least the cat, you know, is integral to the plot. So right. it's I find it acceptable that it happens. Like, watching it this time around, it wasn't like I went like, oh, yeah, that's where I forgot how stupid that was.
2: No, because the cat was scary as hell.
1: Yeah, the this, yeah, this cat, <laughs> yes, cat was, was creepy. Yeah, the cat was creepy.
2: the way they thing.
1: shined,
3: yeah, the way they shined oh. his eyes. It was eyes. great, wasn't it?
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it sounded like a piece of ticket tape coming off of a piece of leather. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but you know, I, I think one of the other uh, issues with this movie that, I want to address and make sure, you know, we, we hit on it is that to my knowledge, it is the only Stephen King adaptation. And we're talking about a lot of them, at least big, uh, the bigger feature films, certainly from, you know, the eighties through the nineties when he had his you know, really big heyday that was yeah. directed by a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really? Uh, yeah. Mary Lambert. Yep. Yep. And she huh. actually went on to direct part two as well, which, you know, I realize is not a great movie, but I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for it. I don't know why. Probably Edward mm. Furlong.
2: I was gonna uh, <laughs> say <laughs> it was well shortly
1: after T two, and I was I love T two, so you know whatever.
2: Plus, that one had that really good electrocution oh, scene, and it. it had
1: Clancy Brown as yes. the yeah. main site. And like they, they kind of took that whole idea of you know, then brought they brought him back from the dead, and like he was like throughout the whole movie just acting like crazy dead, you know, abusive stepdad Clancy Brown, and it was yeah, it was it was good stuff.
3: So yeah, she, she is. Go ahead. Yeah, she is also on. Um, Did you ever see Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments? Uh, I remember. That came out a while
1: back, right? So a few years ago. Yeah, it's it's been
3: uh, five, six years. I think I saw when it first came
1: out. Yeah, I I haven't watched Bravo in a while because I don't have cable. But I I, I actually watched it, I think, when it originally came on the air. Well, she is
3: on that. She's one of the commentators. And at first, you know, I thought, well, who's this chick, you know? And then when I realized she directed Pet Cemetery, it's immediately like, oh, you now have credential. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. I, I step back from you now. Well, well, is, it,
1: was that one of the ones that Eli Roth was also on?
3: Eli Roth was on there and some twins and uh, Rob Reiner and a bunch of people. Yeah, but uh, well, the, she's the, the, one of the ones you want to listen
1: to. Yeah, yeah unlike Eli Roth. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it. it I am I think the thing about this movie, and, and I wanted to point this out, and I could be re- reaching here, but I feel like not that if just any guy. Like I think if Rob Reiner had directed this, though, I don't think he would have. I just don't think it fit his. Because even with Misery, as intense as that was, it still doesn't. This movie's dark. I mean, I, yes. I rewatching this. I mean, there's definitely some holes and things I noticed more so than I did when I was younger. But just as a as the themes and everything, it is dark. <laughs> I
3: mean, it is. Well, dark. there is there's an emotional horror that goes along with the physical horror. Yeah, I mean, we have mutilation but you also have a family that's ripped apart
1: literally and yeah
3: i really yeah literally and i really think that she brought sensibility to it that a guy wouldn't have that's where i was going with it yeah exactly
1: Mm -hmm. yeah she there was a there was a i think that and you know king wrote the screenplay now i don't know what his original screenplay played like but little things like knowing all we needed to see all you needed to see when gage gets hit By that truck was just the way it played out. Uh, You know, you see that that little bloody shoe in slow motion and and Lewis screaming. And then that the the flashbulb sound effect and you hear the the little pictures of from him being born. And we're all uh, Doug, you have kids. Yes, I do. Okay, like this time, this is the first time I've watched it since I've had children. Yes, me it, too. It bothered me on like a level, like it always. That always bothered me, as you know, just being you know, it's a you know, contrary to popular belief. I actually am very sensitive to those things. Ask Jason; he's witnessed <laughs> it before, and I, I can be a bit of a weenie. But that being said, this this almost made me want to cry, like like in the sense yes. of just like being a dad, just like how oh my, I can't even fathom, like bad enough to lose a kid, period, but to have seen that and just like. Your, you know, yeah. your daughter saw. I mean, just I can't begin to wrap my brain around how you wouldn't well, I, be locked away.
3: <laughs> I was right there with you on that. And, uh, you know, having those same thoughts, you can't help but, you know, cross connect, you know, see yourself as the character in that situation. So yeah. I was real pissed at you guys uh, for putting me through that. <laughs> uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would I would have given it up. I would have said, no, can't uh-huh. do it. Yeah. Can't, can't have those thoughts. But I forged on. For the sake of forgotten <laughs> flicks.
1: Well, you are a trooper, my friend. But 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 I got it. Go ahead, Jay.
2: Well, I, I got to say that building up to it was uh, even worse than the than the actual event because yeah. I knew that this was coming. You know, having seen it years ago, but it has been a long time for me too, and I have not seen it since I've had kids either. And building up to it, I knew it was coming, and the scene, you know, the whole setup where. The one girl starts yelling. She wants her turn to and dad turns away. Uh-huh. And you're like, dude, yes. what are you doing? It yeah. is worse than yelling. Don't go in that room. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was worse. You just the anxiety and the anticipation of it's almost like you're trying to will it not to happen by watching it. You and, know, it and was, even
1: though we've all seen it, and we all know how it ends. I don't know about you guys. I felt that I literally felt oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Like, go,
2: go, 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 go. like you think Ask this is it, the time. It,
1: it. This is the one time he's going to catch the kid.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. And I got to say, one of the things I loved about that shot, one of the images, um, it wasn't just – I like the way that, of course, they played it with just cuts in the, the tennis shoe. But I don't know if you noticed, but when he finally grabs the kite and then he turns, this the moment after the truck hits, you just see a shot of the kite go slack. Yeah. Oh. Like like the string is let go and all of a sudden like there's a, a, a camera shot up at that same yep. kite. I remember that. And then it just you just see it go slack and just drop. And it's just a second – but it was just that, right at the right moment, that it it caught me. But so. See, this
1: makes my point because, as a a you know, the majority of my life, lover of horror, all through my teens and twenties, I was obsessed with it. Okay, but and I've made this, I've bitched about this before my one of my bigger problems with the sensibility it's not so much that the movie said, oh they're so gory Ah, now nah, crap. you go back man you go back to even the 70s and in, in the 80s for sure and look at like you know from beyond rihanna i mean there's some you can get gore, dead alive i mean gory movies but it's a it's a sensibility and to what doug said earlier this idea of the emotional horror and, and because mary lambert she makes us feel, really truly feel something and care about these human beings. Yeah. And that offsets, I think, how unbelievably grisly all these all this proceedings are. But she doesn't cross the line. And there's a line. Had we seen him get hit by the truck, yeah. it would have been yeah. done. I would have turned it off. No, yeah. Where I'm at now in my life, I had never heard it, seen it before. I'm like I love Stephen King stuff. But had it gone there. Had it gone there, it would have been it's it's sort of as a first of a I find it a complete sign of disrespect on the part of the filmmaker slash storyteller and how they view me and my intelligence and my ability to have an imagination. Number one, that they have to force feed me what they want me to see the way they want me to see it. Number one, so it'd be number two and the worst sin of all, it would pull me right out of the movie. Yeah. You know, because even if you're going to be like a, a douchey little fourteen, will be like, oh, oh that was awesome. I'm going to watch it back fifty times. How they do that? You're okay. Regardless, it's a story. You're out of the freaking movie. You right. know, for me, I would have been out because of the just. I can't believe why, why, why would you show that? So you know, I'm I'm I don't have a problem with gore. I don't have a problem with. I have a problem when it does. It, it a pulls me out of the movie, and b is purely there, almost as as if the filmmaker is just trying to harm me in some way, which. Ticks me off because I know how it's all done, so it doesn't really. It just pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that's the point because I think this movie because this movie's gory. I mean, this is not like some PG thirteen horror movie at all. Uh, but uh, what do you? Well, there there was gore at the end, dude. Pascal Pascal's head is like his brain is exposed through how much of this movie. And Zelda, that's I mean, she's not bloody gory, but oh my god. And then well, it's fr- not oh, a slasher.
3: Oh well, yeah, but it, yeah, no, It's definitely. got some set pieces, though. Oh yeah, I mean, like the so I,
1: the freaking yeah, guy. Yeah, see it both ways. Um, what was his name? The uh, the the, the bitter the Timmy Baderman or Bitterman or whatever his name. Oh when he, yeah. When mm-hmm. when he's talking about how the guy you know buried somebody. Oh, I lied to you, Lewis. Somebody buried somebody up there. And then he and, and yeah. like, did you notice what he was chewing on?
2: Oh yeah, A little kid's leg.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a little kid's oh, leg. Yeah. But it was quick. I mean, it was just enough for you to get yeah. that glimpse, and it's that glimpse of the horror. That's what makes it truly like yeah. scary. Yeah. Sorry. Rant over.
3: No, that's so it's (laughs) not in your face, but it is there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you can kind of flip both ways, but to take it even one step further beyond everything that you said about that. The other thing you have to to add in here is that this is reality. I mean, this isn't, you know, a a werewolf picked up the kid and took him away. This is a truck hit him. Yeah. This could really happen. Oh yeah. This could really happen to my family, to your family. And you know, I, I think we like the supernatural. You like the the ghosts, the werewolves, the whatever. I mean, we enjoy watching that. But there still is the disconnect that, you know, this isn't really real. Yeah. Even if it scares me as I'm trying to sleep, yeah. I still know it's not really real. Yeah. Trucks are really real, and people really get hit. Well, exactly.
1: More- exactly. And I think that that's an interesting point because it brings us back again to the whole Zelda thing. That mm-hmm. this movie... Now, it's funny. Now, you say I never saw that before, but this movie, it's the the real life horrors and like the uh, Missy, the maid who really she has like stomach cancer and hangs herself. It's almost as if this movie offset, like it's got the supernatural horror that is playing throughout, right. but it's punctuated by these moments of just reality and just.
2: Exactly. horror. Uh- Ahead, but I think that's something. I think that's something that Stephen King does very, very well. If you, I mean, a lot of his work, especially written work, but I mean, even in in movies and stuff that have been adapted well. So I realize there's some that haven't been, but oh, um, name in a one. Lot them, <laughs> <laughs> but in a lot of them, as a as an added element, it's not just about the supernatural piece in his work. So it's not just there's a happy family, everything's perfect, and they accidentally stumble upon some evil. There's also some kind of Twisted human turmoil going on in the films, you know, and you know, talk about like Carrie and um, Christine and those. There's other kind of warped elements that play together very well that pull you in from a human perspective. That I feel like always make you a little bit more vulnerable to the supernatural piece when it comes up. You know, it's not so illogical or disconnected. Yeah, Um, because in this one, you've got God. She, the mom, um, has clearly got some psychological issues. I mean, not just. Um, well, you know why, right? Stuff with her sister, but, no, you know. You,
1: you know why? Because she had to leave Star Trek The Next Generation.
2: <laughs> well, I figured because she was sucked into a tar pit, that had to do something to her mentally, but, you know.
1: She was missing data. Yeah, you know. <laughs> she's like, I was Tasha Yar. Don't you people know anything?
2: <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you th- and I have to. You know, go ahead, Doug.
3: Okay, I was just going to say, you know, to, to to keep adding on to this, uh, You know, we're talking about the difference between the supernatural and the real. Think about which part of the movie you would want to live and which you wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having this burial ground. Uh, I would think that'd be fun to mess around with. (laughs) Wouldn't you? I'd kill my cat to go bury it in there to see what would happen.
1: You know,
3: it's it's this episode
1: brought to you by PETA.
3: (laughs) Sorry, apologies, PETA. But uh, (laughs) it's it's the the. Dead kid part. It's the the family trauma yeah, that really you wouldn't is. want to experience. But that's you what. Know? But that.
1: Dude, but you know what's funny? That's why we talked when we talked about Pumpkinhead last episode. We got into the whole discussion of 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 morality play. And I truly believe that the best horror stories really kind of are you know these morality plays, and and not so much that the characters need to do you know be unlikable or always do unlikable things. But if you think about it, in this movie, they essentially you know Lewis brings it on himself. You know, I yes. Mean, yes, Judd introduces him to the pet cemetery, which we will go into how in Hades they could have possibly climbed over that mound of trees and brush at all, but let alone come back in like the middle of the night with no real light to speak of and not killed <laughs> themselves, and it seemed like they went a hundred miles. But they, okay, I'll give them that. But he, it's it's really reminded me, and I'm, a, and I want to say I read somewhere that King said that it was meant to be connected on some thematic level with it. But if you've read The Monkey's Paw, which I'm pretty much sure anybody who went to public school read The Monkey's Paw, but it's always been, I, I always loved that horror tale. Yeah. That's, but but just because it the way it ends, you know, the the whole idea that, you know, these people think, oh, no, no, this time, you know, if we do this one, we'd make the, because the same idea, like make the wish, this time it'll be better. And it's a theme that's played out in different variations in horror and, you know, other genres before. But I just think in this one, there's a there's a definite sense of the the morality of, of of doing this and making these choices, and obviously there's a very strong religious subtext throughout the whole movie. I mean, church, creed, you know, right. the, the resurrection yeah. aspect. Right. I mean, there's all these different things that are playing throughout the whole movie, but but there, and, you know, it's not you know, beat you over the head with them kind of stuff. But it's it's there, and and, and I think that 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 aspect, that fact that you know. How he just rationalizes, you know, this time, uh, if I bury Rachel, it'll, it'll be different. And you're like, we're all thinking, no, it won't. But that's great suspense. That's great horror. We know something that the character either is denying themselves or doesn't know. And that's what amps up the suspense. I think that's why even watching Gage, you know, die for the umpteenth time still bothers you. Because we know. And we know that he doesn't know. And we connect with his, you know, impotence and incapacitation to do a damn thing about it.
3: Yeah, that's true. I I think what's, am I still here? Or did yep, we drop? Nope, out? you're good.
1: You're good. Oh, okay, <laughs> the blue blue squares disappeared.
3: That that's true. I I think another extension of that though is that this time the morality is so understandable. I mean, the Save the Cat guy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those books or not about screenwriting, yes, but yes, he says. Yep he says there's always has to be a sin in a monster movie or horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think you're correct. You know, uh, it's Lewis, right? That's the main Yeah, character. yeah Lewis Creed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he sins if, if you want to put it that way by, by putting his family in that burial ground, but that's so much different of a choice than what you see in the Friday, the 13th. of oh, you know, yeah. having sex and smoking pot, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You want to say, don't do this, but at the same time, I'm thinking if I was in that situation, how could I not? You exactly. would, you would,
1: have to try. But that's what what you said that's why this works on an emotional level, whereas a Friday the 13th doesn't. A Friday the 13th is purely visceral uh, and some could argue doesn't really work on any level. I enjoy some of them, but I get why people don't. Because in those, it's almost as if the quote-unquote sin is coincidental. Like it's beside the point. They just happen to be there. They happen to be engaging in this activity that some character may or may not because quite frankly it's not like it's ever said i mean yes right. mrs Voorhees goes on her little rant but for the most part you know it's never like explicitly said well it's because they're doing this activity because he kills people that aren't in the middle of doing something like that so you know but with this movie it was a character choice because he doesn't have to bury the cat up there now you know he could at any point said to judge Jud, wait, wait, this is crazy what are we doing but he doesn't. And then once the cat comes back, he's certainly... Now, the implication of it, and I don't remember how strong this was in the book, was that once you have engaged the burial ground, it pretty much starts knocking down the dominoes of your life, and you have very... <laughs> it. it yeah. It's pushing you to go there.
2: What I remember, the book uh, leveraged that a little bit more. You know, Judd mentions it, you know, no, now the cat's yours, yeah, and, yeah. that kind of yeah, thing. Your and, cat. Um, but uh, they they didn't really connected as strongly in the movie because at one point, you know, when Judd comes in and he's all upset about maybe he's the one that caused Gage's death because he introduced him to the power, yeah. that kind of thing. But, but it wasn't as strong as in the book, but yeah, they, they kind of do it. But I think the big, the big thing for me that connected on this for, on that decision level um, is that most of the, you know, the formulaic kind of horror films, like you talk about Friday the 13th and stuff, it's, it's very simple. You know, it's a, we stole something we shouldn't have. we, broke something we should, we smoke pot we are having we you know they're very minimalistic very primal kind of decisions this is a very emotionally complex decision that he's making i mean it's his child all this stuff has happened up till then you know his wife is messed up he knows she's going to be comatose with it uh with this situation and so it's a much harder gut wrenching decision for his sin than it is for you know teenagers deciding to get drunk out in a cabin Exactly. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and, and I want to talk about a couple of things that didn't work necessarily uh, for me. I mean, I think in the overall, this is still one of the top films. Uh, I love Stephen King. I think this is a very well played out, well paced uh, for his uh, style and it, it matched very well. But there are a couple of things that just didn't didn't click as well. I love the reality piece of it and I love the suspense with what was in the woods and what was that the the actual burial ground and most of the movie building up to it but and i don't know what it was but the the whole sequence with gage when he comes back Mm -hmm. i remember that being i obviously much scarier when i read the book but this was just it just didn't work i mean it felt like it pulled me out a little bit from what the build-up to it was like it wasn't as strong as i would as i remembered it being maybe was actually seeing gage do his thing yeah, yeah. When he was like, he wasn't scary to me. And even when they made like his laugh, and um, although I will admit, when he calls on the phone yeah, and his dad a, picks up, that yeah. was a little freaky. You, oh, you mean, oh my goodness.
1: Now I want to play with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was more because, I mean, obviously being older, I know it's an actor and I know it's a, you know, the kid was doing that stuff. But And he was the it, kid in kindergarten
1: cop that says, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina.
2: <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it just, that part wasn't freaky for me. It, it was much more intense for me building up to it because you're thinking, oh my God, he can't do this. And the suspense of his wife trying to get home in time and, and uh, uh, you know, him trying to get up to that burial ground yeah. and then coming back. It, it just, that ending kind of dropped off for me considering how strong I felt the rest of it was.
1: I, I can't really argue the point to you, with you because I think that the probably was creepiest. Before he was brought back, like when he when Lewis is sitting there at his son's graveside holding him. Yeah, you just you just see he's got like a blanket over his head and everything. But you could just see like his was it like his arm. He's kind of his fingers. Protrudes. Yeah, like his hand. Yeah. And just you get those glimpses like you see a hand, or you see a foot and it's just really disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I think they were also limited uh, in what they could do with the child actor. Oh, yeah. uh, because I really noticed in the, the final fight with Lewis, I mean, clearly they are cutting around the fact that He's it's five. not really. Yeah. <laughs> three, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I think they said, like, with Halloween, um, in the opening sequence with the, the clown mask and yeah. the knife, Deborah Hill says yes. that's her. Yeah, it's her. her. Yep. So I don't know if there's some law or something that, you know, the, the kid really can't be doing this uh, aggressive activity. But they really um, were cutting.
2: Yeah. Uh, but I cutting. got one. Um okay. there was a clear scene when he uh, Judd's laying on the ground oh, yeah and he, and had he his goes mouth cut. Yeah, yeah and and little gage it's really him goes Rah! and bites his neck,
1: yeah rips a chunk out and oh
2: that was, yeah that was really him i don't think
1: it's against i don't think it's against any law for the kid I mean if the parents are willing to let him do that I think it's more about the physicality, so like, yeah, like that judge that stuff. yeah the judge getting killed scene was yeah. w- was certainly. You know, grotesque and gory and all that, but it wasn't physical. Whereas the scene with Lewis was a lot more physical.
2: Yeah, 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 right. right. And how
1: much? But see, you know, the point I thought was really creepy about that. You're right. I, I agree. The gauge coming at him with the scalpel as a kid that kind of freaked me out, but it doesn't now. But when when Lewis puts the needle in his neck. And the way he cries, like a real baby, which then, of course, made me wonder if they actually poked the kid with a needle, because I've heard stories about that kind of stuff happening on movie sets, but I'm not accusing anyone of anything. So, but the way he cried was very authentic and very real, and then he just kind of does this, almost like funny, like he goes, no fair.
2: And walks around the corner. And he
1: slumps down. It's like, I mean, and then the the worst part is, Dale Midkiff did a bang-up job acting throughout the whole movie, but just that look on his face, like to know he just re-killed Yes. Yeah. His son, oh my God! I just, dude, how, 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 how?
2: Yeah. And and we all we all have to clearly admit that that's that's a whole different dynamic watching it with uh, you know as a parent. But um, you know, one one of the bright spots I will say in this that that brought it home when the sun I mean, came out in a scene that would be the bright spot. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I loved Fred Gwynn in this. Yeah. He was really, really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to see him as Herman Munster, but uh, yeah. Um, his character in this, I thought he played a very good kind of lonely, but kindly, but sad kind of uh, character, you know, he'd seen it all. He'd clearly done some terrible things. And so you could see the darkness that was there, but he still was a good guy despite it all, you know?
1: Now, do you think though, cause I, one thing I couldn't get rep, my brain around with him was his argument for why he takes Lewis up there to begin with, he knows what yeah. that place is capable of. He knows what it did to that kid who came back from a war II. And he knows that, because you know, later on he lets it out that, you know, you're connected to it. It's you, you know, using you, he blames himself for the death of gauge. I wonder to what degree, because he buried his dog up there, you know, so many years ago and the dog came back, like almost as if the Micmac burial ground kept him there controlled his life just to lead up to the point i realize you're getting to like fatalism and you know
2: to set did, him up to do that
1: yeah almost because it's like almost like he had no choice because it, it felt like like once he made that initial choice of burying the dog up there basically his life from then on i'm sure he lived it and he thought he was making his own choices but everything was leading him to the moment of taking lewis because quote unquote your little girl isn't ready to have to face death or whatever he says mm-hmm. so but did you
2: yeah, and the other thing, too, is I felt like in the very beginning, because he says to Lewis when they first move in, he said, oh, it's nice to see people back in this house again. It's been empty yeah, like for like almost just long. happened before. Right. They never yeah. alluded to what happened there before. So, yeah. you know, he clearly could have been involved in something like this before. Yeah.
3: So what were you going to say, Doug? I was just going to say that's a much better explanation than I came up with uh, because I just said it doesn't make any sense, but it has to happen. So I'm going to give it to him. You know? <laughs> Actually... <laughs> You know, it's, it's a, somebody has to get him to the burial grounds. Gwen's explanation makes no sense, but
2: yeah, yeah. I'll go. Uh, with it. It's it's better than mine, uh, also, because mine was I felt like he probably did it because um, the mom berated him when they were at the pet cemetery, <laughs> uh, yelled at him for. It's um, so he she's didn't want to ready. piss her off again. Yeah, and so I felt like he's going to be like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> she's going to be mad again. So just just put the cat up there and bring it back.
1: Uh, actually, <laughs> that, that, that one may make sense. Uh, and and I think though, because if you take that off the table, that has not, no connection at all. You know, you look at why. Now I know you know maybe some people in more rural parts of Maine. You know the the whole towny idea that they've lived in the same little town for their whole life. But he's not even in the town really. I mean, other than the time that we see Lewis at the university hospital, yeah. set up and, and the over the phone scenes at the in-laws and like the, the funeral in the funeral home type of stuff. Yeah, it's you don't the same two houses. Yeah. You don't see, and that's what I love in, in, what King obviously gets really well, which is that concept of, and what great horror almost always has, which is a sense of isolation. Yeah. And, and this movie obviously has it in spades, but that's the point. Judd is, has lived on this highway for decades and decades. He li- lived there his whole life basically. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, there has to be something more to it now. Don't recall in the book if that's alluded to that there's some kind of connection, but it just makes more sense than, like you said, Doug. <laughs> you know,
3: it had to happen,
0: yeah, <laughs> had, had to get there had to, somehow. Had to get there, I
1: mean, I mean, don't worry, I don't understand you know, you got to use your, your plot contrivance when you got to use it, but it makes more sense to me that there was some underlying meaning to that. And and the fact that they don't go too much into, you know, who was the family there before the creeds, and now part two does because it's all about the fact that there used to be a family that lived here. and Right. And that kind of thing, but but yeah, it, it's uh, I mean it's interesting enough to think about. It. At least this movie requires you to do that, or at least you know asks of you to do that. Um, whereas I'm sure we've all had our experiences with horror films that <laughs> don't.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, and, and there were a couple pieces in it that I don't know if this was just because you know you have to crunch so much into a film. Uh, from a novel because there's so much that goes on in a novel over long periods of time. You can build up these these uh, parallel storylines that work perfectly when you're reading it, but but don't so much in a film. But while I did find Zelda incredibly creepy, I, f- I, I almost felt like it, it really didn't, I don't know, it just didn't quite work. Um, I know the idea of her having a sister um, that had gone through some terrible travesty and that coming back to honor as a nightmare, that definitely worked. But first of all, um, having a uh, meningitis, uh, doesn't turn you into twisted back broken zombie. Oh, really? Or really, or really?
1: Jay? Cause you've had it before, huh?
2: How do uh, you yes.
0: know?
1: How do you know? <laughs> yeah. I really don't know. I'm not a doctor. Apparently you are. Um, uh, no, one of
2: my kids has had it. Uh, yeah. It, they, well, know, what
1: was but, it now that was spinal meningitis that she was supposed to have had?
2: Yeah. They said spinal meningitis and they made it like it was, that's what, Twisted her back and made her into this kind of gnarly back weird because of course they clearly showed lots of shots of her back and her backbone and stuff, but uh yeah, it was just I felt like that was a little weird, but even her face was uh felt a little too rubberized
1: well i I think you're out of your freaking mind she was creepy as hell I don't, <laughs> I don't care how I said she got. she
2: was
3: creepy
1: I don't care how she got that way
3: <laughs> I had she forgotten in- about her did you, really? Yeah, I had forgotten about her and and seeing that this time just like, oh my goodness. Maybe I hadn't forgotten. Maybe I repressed it because <laughs> that was but I, I don't think it was the meningitis that did that to her. I think it was that creepy little boy blue painting that they yeah. had in their house. She was always oh trying to She was always
1: trying to turn away from it. To the point yeah. to the point where it like like yeah, twisted her back and she could no Yeah. Seriously. I exactly. will
2: say one of, the Don't creepiest, look at the portrait. one of the creepiest scenes at the end is when Gage is actually dressed up like that little portrait. Oh yeah, it was
1: great foreshadowing though, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And di- like-
1: oh, and did you catch it? Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, did you did you totally catch it? When remember when Rachel has a she's telling Lewis about what happened with her sister and, and everything and you see her as a little girl and she walks to yeah. her sister's room because you can hear Rachel and uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and so she, she walks and she kinda goes under this little staircase. And it really does feel like this is a room that's held oh. way in, like, in the back, right? And so she yeah. goes in and then has her little scene with Zelda and it's creepy and slash gross. And and then later on in the movie, the end, when she goes to Judd's house. It's the same. It's the same exact layout. Wait. Did you notice yeah. that? No, I did It was know. real subtle. She It's only yes. when, when she goes up the stairs and she hears Gage, I think, laughing or she hears like a noise. And so she, she's like, you know, I don't think she did Gage at that point. I think she's like, Judd. You know, she's she goes up down the hallway. Well, when she, they cut the angle like behind her, she goes under a staircase. It is the exact same. And she opens the door. And it's the one It's Judd's bedroom. But that's the one where Zelda's like in the corner, like crouching down.
2: Yes. And she's I like, I thought I actually thought that when when she turned that corner at the steps and was walking down the hallway. And you could see that it was the same setup. I thought at that point she was in, you know, like a nightmare sequence. Like she was back in her own home. Yeah, because
1: it totally looked – it was the same exact layout.
2: Exactly the same, yeah. And then later, did you see when Lewis finally comes into the house, the stairs are busted going up to the attic. Yeah,
0: the I saw that. The stairs are
2: broken in pieces and, like, you can't get to the attic anymore. All the stairs are broken, hanging, and, but it's the same hallway there. So yeah, that was kind of cool. So were there
1: supposed to be attic stairs that were down? I think so
2: because that's what it looked yeah. like before. Yeah, I think
1: you're right because they were they weren't very big. They weren't like a staircase. It was just like they were oh. kind of kind of going over the doorway like that. Yeah. Right. And the
3: gauge drops her out the hole, right? He drops Denise's Cro- yes. Denise Crosby's body out the hole. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so that was the attic space, and he was up there. Oh,
1: see, that's creepy. Yeah. But see, you know what's creepy is us thinking about it, and I think that's what you were talking about, Jason. The reason why it doesn't work 100 percent for you is because you're seeing the kid and like, you know, you know, sort of like the whole werewolf vampire thing, you know, it's, that's not really, no, you know.
2: I, I, I think it's, and maybe it's just because I felt like the kid in the scenes where he was supposed to be evil, just still looked too cute. You know what I <laughs> there mean? There is that. Yeah. He's like, you know, there are plenty. at him
1: with his scalpel.
2: No, it is. It looked like a cute kid with a scalpel. But <laughs> if you, if you look at some of the other, I mean, there's a couple more recent horror films. And I'm not saying they're better movies, but where they, show a little kid where it's his pallor's is much whiter, or his hair looks really creepy. He still looked like if you go to IMDb and look up the pictures from this film, they show a picture of him with this evil looking face and his, and his knife. He still has this cute little blonde hair and he's still, you know, yeah. so
1: he just looks like he's trying to poop his diaper.
2: It just didn't. Yeah. It, it just didn't scare me. Now um, I, I will give in on the gore factor. Cause it just reminded me when you Doug talked about when she dropped out of the attic. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of the end of the movie when she comes back to the oh. house dead. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that's this kept me From this kept me oh. from
3: kissing girls for a long, long time. <laughs> and well, especially dead face. ones, right, Doug? Especially dead, dead ones. Yeah, uh,
2: some kind of pus coming out of her eye. Oh, and he's her head. like, dude, he's oh. like French. He's kissing French her. kissing her. He's not just kissing oh. her.
1: You see tongue, yes. dude?
3: Yes. They are going at it, and that is pouring out of her oh. eye socket. Oh my goodness!
2: No. Oh god. <laughs> That was so nasty. that, was, that was,
1: I will I will say that that held up exceptionally well on the gore <laughs> on the gore level. Boy, that was that was that was top notch right there. That
3: was I worse think, than the head.
1: Hmm.
3: I do think going back to, to Gage though, you know, I Jason is correct, he's different from the book because in the book I think he comes back possessed. And um it may even be the spirit of the Wendigo. Does that sound familiar at all? Vaguely. Yeah. I, I so I think that's the kind of legend that that King was working on. In this one, he wasn't possessed that way. I thought it was almost like in this one that he was kind of half and half, that sometimes he was being affected by the cemetery and other times he wasn't. He still was Gage, which is different, but but equally creepy that you've got this half and half kid that's half yours and you still see some of the goodness in him, but is half this demon or possession or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so... Two different ways you could go, both were uh, were creepy. But uh, but you're right. When he says it's not fair, yeah. Um, I, I really think that's like the theme of the of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, really. Because uh, it's not you know on, on the one level it's like it's not fair. You you cheated is what he's saying in the game. Yeah. You you pulled out a needle and, and put me to sleep rather than fight me. You know, knives uh, yeah. or whatever. But on the other level, it's not fair that we moved out here. It's not fair. I got hit by this truck. It's not fair. You know, the trucker was listening to the Ramones, only (laughs) trucker in the world to listen to the Ramones. But, you know, none of this is fair. And, you know, like my dad, you say, life's not fair. So Mm -hmm. this is, again, something that is real and that applies to us at this movie. It's not fair. Life's not fair. Yep. Yep.
1: And so what do you do? You bury your family in a pet. Well, not really a pet cemetery, but the Micmac behind it. Yes. And (laughs) I do want to address one thing. I'm glad you brought up the trucker. Um, I kind of think it's awesome that he was listening to the Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though, your son was because I, I, I remember because King. It's it's interesting. Everyone always thinks Stephen King books are so gory, and he definitely hits gory spots in them. But Jason and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. The idea that I can't remember where he said it, but King talked about the idea of the gross out and that's sort of his his point of last you know last choice of, of where he'll go in a story. So he starts for like the creepy, you know, the suspense, and then. If he if he sort of I guess hits a wall where he can't, you know, really get across what he's trying to grow, that's when he goes for the gross out. But I recall that with Gage when he gets hit by the the truck and it's sort of like some the script it was more descriptive for sure than what you see in the movie. But it still wasn't like to the point of where okay, this is just yeah, I can't even read this. Yeah. Right. But you watch this, all right? Let's put ourselves we in the character's place, they would have seen it, they would have been the most horrific thing ever to witness. But yet when you're I know you're in route trying to get home to your family and I know you've had this little weird supernatural moment where you're a little kid who, <laughs> who, who could have equally been in The Shining, by the way. Um, yeah. With her ability to, you know, connect with the dead and, <laughs> and and the fact that that this little kid, you know, you know, said something about Pax Cow. Where have I heard the oh, two and two? Oh, my gosh, something's going on. So she bolts home. You get into a truck that looks exactly same company, yeah. same color, same model. It's the exact same truck for all intents and purposes as the yeah, one you don't that killed think you. Would
2: to... have had a bit of a problem with that. Well, and more to
1: the point, did you see the freaking number on the side of the truck?
3: Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, I did. It was six six six. Yes, was... it was. Oh, Of course.
1: Okay. Hello, Mrs. Creed. <laughs> Get your head out of your butt. Who does that? But whatever.
2: Yeah.
3: Obviously- I did love how Pascal was helping her though yeah. along the way. Yeah. Uh when he, he stops the stewardess from shutting the airplane door. Oh yeah. At that one one time where she's trying to catch the plane and he's controlling the trucker, I think, so the trucker doesn't try to yeah to molest her or anything. Yeah. I he's, I just thought that was so cool for what, some reason. You know, you're right. dead, Pascal was cool. Yeah, well,
1: he was. And you know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up because we haven't really got to talk about him too much. But the one thing, I always kind of forgotten how much he comes into play, especially at the end of the movie because he, he helps at the very beginning and then he kind of goes off the, the grid until the end. But the little moments with between her and him, like we like the, the he's so pleased with him. So, because I obviously he's trying to help and, and prevent these people from having something bad happen to them because Lewis at least attempted, I guess, to help him. Although he didn't really make a real like herculean effort <laughs> to say no, you know. it's sort of like a, oh yeah i'm sorry my friend you're dead <laughs> but, <laughs> but because he at least tried i guess he felt some sort of you know um after you know afterlife obligation and and decides to help but it was the look on his face like when she gets the the look on her face about and she's disco disco discombobulated i actually don't even remember what the word was What was it, it was discapor discapore what was the word
0: oh
2: i remember it was i don't remember anyway
1: she gets the word that the kid was trying to say and that and he kind of helps her along with it and he just gets very like yes Mm, here we go yeah Yeah. but
2: except that at the end the last time he sees her he's like this is the end of the trip for me you know kind of thing and he rides off in the truck right yeah and then at the very end when lewis is carrying her body i think it was the end of his trip
1: of to help her
2: like he wasn't yeah but then at the end, when he, you know, he's telling Lewis, don't do this, it won't be better this time, it's going to be worse, and he just kind of stands there and goes, no, and disappears.
1: Yeah. Well, probably because he failed at whatever, he did not get his wings, let's put it this way, yeah. he did not, that's what, I, that's
2: what I took it as, I'm no like, bell oh. would be
1: ringing for that guy, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't catch the,
3: uh, it's a wonderful life reference, I just thought he had limits, you know, that, that well, yeah. he couldn't go in the house, is what I thought, so when Lewis comes back out of the house with the body he's able to intervene again and yeah, you know? Yeah. Yep.
1: (laughs) Very good. So gentlemen, I believe we have said probably all that will ever again need to be said about this motion picture. No one ever need speaketh about it again. All they need to do is listen to this episode. (laughs) Would you guys like to do your picks? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okie dokie. Doug, as our guest, would you like to go first?
3: I, I would like to go first. I decided to go with the cat, uh, with Church. And uh, you can see Church's uh, recent work on com. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, halfway through, I realized Church was a dead ringer for uh, Cheeseburger, I think, is the name of that cat. So, <laughs> uh, no, my real pick is uh, a, f- a film from 1986. I decided to follow uh, uh, Crosby, Denise Crosby.
1: Okay. And oh, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, co- co- I'm not going to guess it because I don't want to see your thunder. Does it start with okay. an E? It does.
3: Yeah, yes. Excellent pick. Does it have yes. a mandroid in it? It has a mandroid in yes. it. And that is reason to pick it. It is called Eliminators. You rock, It is Doug. a Charles Band production. And I only recently saw this film. Uh, back in 86, um, I only saw the TV commercial. I was still a little kid. Couldn't go to the theater by myself. So I only saw the TV commercial but there was a scene of the man droid with his uh battle tracks his uh his uh, torso is connected to uh
1: tank treads
3: he's like a he's, he's like a centaur
1: by way of a tank
3: exactly and and he, <laughs> and he has an arm cannon and that's all i needed right there but you also have a kind of uh han solo riverboat captain yeah. and you have a a jedi-ish ninja it's it's kind of um star wars again it is yes, a, a low budget star wars type movie where A group of adventurers get together, and I can't remember what they did or or anything like that. I just remember there was a mandroid, and (laughs) for decades I wanted to see this movie. Finally, did own it on DVD. Oh, is it on DVD? Oh, I have it on DVD. Oh, because I was looking uh,
1: for it for a while there, and I only place I could find it was was hypothetically in uh, parts on YouTube. And that I, never <laughs> go. Well, and, and well, how sad is this, dude? I was so desperate to see it again because I I saw it when it first came on video. I I'll never forget. Remember walking into Armchair Theater, our little mom and poppy. Although probably it was a franchise, but to me it seemed like a mom and pop. You know, in the strip mall <laughs> right across the street. Walked down there, and I remember walking the aisle and seeing the box. That poster still kicks ass. I want that poster. Oh yeah, oh That's a yeah, cool That's poster.
3: And one of the best. Yeah,
1: and and just seeing that box and same reaction like. That guy has a
0: tank body.
1: And (laughs) I wanted to see it. And my dad rented it for me. And it's actually a low-key Charles Band movie. It was like a PG, kind of like family-ish, or family-friendly or action movie kind of thing. And uh, I I remember, you know, getting that, loving it. I hadn't seen it since. It's been 20-plus, because it came out in 86. Yeah, so it's been a while. And it was on YouTube. I hypothetically may have gotten every part that was available and reassembled (laughs) it. Oh, wow. Just so I could watch it.
2: Android style. Mandroid. Mandroid. Yes. I yeah. assembled
1: it haphazardly. <laughs> and much like the Mandroid, it misfired. But yeah. <laughs> excellent pick. Jason, have you ever seen that one? I think you'd appreciate it.
2: I haven't seen it. It's I, a I, cheese I've, fest. Uh, it's a good I've seen the poster fest. and yeah, I've heard of references to it, but I have not seen it. No. Yeah.
1: Excellent <laughs> pick. So, Jay, I, I'm actually, since you said your pick, you've already said the year, I'm actually astonished you didn't go for a different one. But I'll tell you which one I thought you would have gone for
2: after. I know that. I know which one you thought I was <laughs> going to go
1: for. <laughs> I bet you do.
2: <laughs> I clearly uh could have made the easy choice on this because the director Mary Lambert, her most recent film happens to be one of my favorites.
1: Pet <laughs> Cemetery 2.
2: <laughs> no. No. She actually also directed Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Yes, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Tiffany versus Debbie Gibson and two giant City Crushing and Monsters. And you so. picked that
1: one before, correct?
2: I have, yes. Yeah, but so.
1: I, I really did. I figured you'd do it again anyway.
2: <laughs> no. Um, love the film and uh, have the movie poster framed in my house. But I did not pick that one. I actually went with a, a movie I have not seen before because I wanted to kind of stay with the horror theme, uh, Halloween type theme. And I have not seen it, but um, I actually made the connection with Dale Midkiff. Yep. Um, and he was in this. It It is uh, Route 666. I've, seen it. I've seen
1: it. Lou Diamond yeah,
2: Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips, baby. It. Yep. And Lori Petty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I haven't seen it. it. It looks intriguing. I watched the trailer and I, uh, um, you know, checked out all the stats on it. It's, uh, it's directed by William Weasley. Um, not, I understand, uh, connected to any of the uh, Weasley clan from, from Harry from Potter.
1: Harry Potter. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> oh, but do, wait, the most important person ever, though, that's in it.
2: Well, uh, Lori Petty. Nope. Lou Diamond Phillips? Nope. Uh LQ Jones.
1: No. Mr. WWII himself, Dick Miller.
2: Oh, Dick Miller. Yeah. He yes, yeah, he's yeah, like I a little, bit, little cameo part. Yep. Um, but it looks good. It's kind of this, you know, they uh, uh these two um uh what these FBI agents have a couple of uh, snitch uh, in their care and they take a turn down a wrong road that turns out to be a very wrong road, apparently. So it's
1: Route six six six.
2: Yeah, this is <laughs> how, clever, how clever! On the road to hell, there's no turning back.
1: Do you recall it, Doug? I mean, do you remember well enough to? Uh,
3: I don't remember much about it. I saw it on Sci Fi Channel when it was still uh, Sci Fi, and not Sifi. Did you say not Sifi? Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Did you say two thousand one? Because that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, I would have seen yeah. it. And all I remember is that the ghosts. Kill people by putting them in the road. Yeah,
1: and like using jackhammers and such. Using jackhammers, they
3: they drill them until they're part of the pavement.
1: I remember it's a very it's entertaining. It's not a great movie, and I remember the only thing that was really annoying was there was this weird like slow motion that, yes, that that it was as it almost. Um, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe, like a strobe effect. It was it yeah. was broad daylight, but it was just weird. It was like the it was probably the most distracting piece of like pull you up. Like, why does it? What? what is something wrong with my DVD player? Yeah, you know that kind of thing. I think okay. some guitar
3: riffs. Yeah, like or really, something. like yeah, like a heavy yeah, metal like, song. Bruh. Yeah,
1: and then, yeah, yeah, and then they would kill people. It was, yeah, it was pretty distracting. It was always in broad daylight too. Like the whoever made this movie was like, okay, we don't have much of a budget. We're gonna do it all in the Ford broad lights. daylight. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Nice. So, yeah. So what did you go with, my friend?
1: Well, guys, I picked the movie that the guys that uh, are behind Midnight Syndicate, Edward Douglas specifically, uh, this one half of Midnight Syndicate, is the director of it, and it is called The Dead Matter from 2010, and it's actually, I'm bringing it up because they were nice enough to send me a copy, it's going to be in, I think he said Redbox as of October 23rd, so... I told him I would be happy to mention that, um, especially if I watched it and I liked it, which I did. Now, it's probably not going to be for everybody. It's more of a kind of gothic throwback to like a kind of a vampire movie. But here's the thing. It takes place modern times, and it's got zombies in it, and the vampires can control zombies. And the reason why I picked it is because thematically there is a connection to even Pet Cemetery, because without giving anything away, one of the characters is... Motivated to let's say bring back a loved one that she lost, she feels unfairly, and so there is a definite connection to the the desire. the The main motive of the main character is very similar to Lewis in Pet cemetery but it was it was you know, I believe one of the comparisons uh Ed the guy who directed it made was to Night of the Creeps. It Night of the Creeps was probably more over the top, I thought, than than even the Dead. Man. I mean, The Dead is definitely over the top. I mean, you zombies, vampires, and whatnot but it was fun if you like vampire movies and you're really tired of emo vampire movies this will <laughs> this will uh you a know, good like halloween movie you know to have on um i, I recommend it so the dead matter from 2010 from the uh, the guys of midnight syndicate and of course important to mention it also has uh, andrew devoff who was uh, the the gin in wishmaster movies um, he's he... also
2: the bad guy in toy soldiers wasn't he
1: oh yeah yeah good call man i completely uh, forgot about that yeah he was the main bad guy in toy soldiers and he was on lost he played the uh the Russian yep. guy with the eye patch whose name is escaping me. So, uh, which by the way, you do realize in our people on the stairs episode, we totally forgot Roach, he was frogered and lost. Remember? Really? He, yes, he was lost. He had a couple uh, episodes. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Takes the flaming arrow to the chest. Yep, yep. So, you had me at night the creeps, dude. That's <laughs> yeah all you had
3: to say yeah, oh, I know yeah, yeah, that, I'm, yeah i'm I'm on it, yep, yep
1: so so it's a you know it's a a fun a little indie movie, uh it's you know nice, nice hour and a half, you know they did uh, I, nothing drives me crazier than when I'm sitting through a movie, and it's like three hours long unless it's you know I maybe give the Batman movies a pass on that because Christopher Nolan might be you know a god, I'm not sure came down from <laughs> olympus and um but that's just a personal opinion, uh, but that being said, uh the dead matter twenty ten check it out. So, Doug, you made yes. it through. You watched, or should we say rewatched, Pet Cemetery, a movie that had traumatized you as a child, re traumatized you as a parent. Yep. Yep. You did all that. And,
3: and we didn't even get to the scalpel,
1: the scalpel to the mouth.
3: Oh, yeah. That was a good oh. effect.
1: <laughs> that was a good effect. Actually, oh. well, no, worse yet, I think the Achilles heel even bothered me more. Oh, yeah. He like saw us oh. through his. Yeah, you're uh. right, Jason. This wasn't gory. <laughs> This was just, it was tepid. It was, it was tame. It was, meh, meh. This is like, oh, it's barely, it could have been PG-13.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry. I had to sit through all the trailers of Jason Pyle's list of top 10 slasher movies oh, yeah. of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Compared that, to that, this is I think that ruined nothing. me to gore. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not gore. He's just cut in half. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his head's hanging
1: open. That's not, that's not bad at all. But yeah, so Doug, you made it through, and, and even more impressive, you've been talking to us for over an hour, and you haven't yes. thrown up yet.
3: Oh, no, it's been been great. I've heard you guys in my headphones so many times. I, I just think wish I've you had said in your head. Just
1: said, I've heard you guys yeah. in my head. In my head.
3: In in my head when I'm not listening to the podcast, oh, okay. in my headphones sorry. when I am, and uh, I think I've listened to every episode, and so awesome to, uh, to be talking with you. It's just great.
1: Cool, man. Well, we really appreciate you being on, and of course... Uh, We would be remiss if we didn't mention, uh, remiss does not have an ED at the end, remiss, (laughs) remiss if we did not say, thank you for being on, and you can be found, of course, at the Found Footage Films podcast, and I did, I'm not going to forget, I almost did, but I didn't, have you ever done the last broadcast?
3: I have not done the last broadcast, but I've seen it.
1: Okay, you have seen it?
3: And um it technically doesn't fit my definition of found footage films. And if you listen to some of the the podcasts where I explain, you'll you'll see why. But I do plan on covering it anyway because it's close enough and it's a great movie. Well, does it does is, it,
1: is is it because of the last part of it that it doesn't qualify? I don't remember what your your rules were. Well,
3: found footage is the filmers die. Oh, I get ya. Uh, And Uh, so I don't know if I can spoil the last broadcast, but that's not really how the last broadcast plays out.
1: No, that's true. You know, that's a very I completely forgot. The only reason I always find it fascinating because that movie technically came, you know, came out before Blair Blair Witch by several months. And there was always these sort of rumors of, oh, how can you know, Blair Witch is very similar to Blair Witch. Was only like a, I think they only spent like seven, eight grand on it. Or was even less than that. Maybe like a, I would say maybe. Oh, you know what? No, that was what I remember reading. They said they only spent like nine hundred dollars on the actual production. Now I'm sure oh, wow. that was a bit of a, you know, PR move. But because I was around the El Mariachi time when the whole goal right. was to like go low and low and low. But one thing that was cool about that is uh, my wife and a friend of mine, actually our buddy Terry. Uh, Jason's met him. Uh, we all went to the Enzian in Orlando, and they were doing the world premiere, and it was, I think, at the time, the first movie that streamed um, via satellite to five different theaters. And it, it was, that's how they showed it uh, at the Enzian. This had been, like, around 99. And, uh, actually, the Enzian's also where we saw Blair Witch, when it, before it really became, you know, really huge, and made people the world over throw up for motion sickness. Yes. <laughs> uh, but... Well- but yeah, so I didn't know if you had covered that one or not. It just kind of popped in my head when I was... When we were no,
3: I, I, I did plan on giving... there. There's a couple that I've given a pass. Like this week's is the Poughkeepsie Tapes. Uh, really doesn't qualify according to my definition either, but... It, it was good enough to get a pass. And last broadcast is good enough that I will eventually get to it. There are a couple scenes in that one that I, I don't know if they're going to shock or terrify you, but they, they're chilling. Yeah. And uh, really, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching.
1: Yeah, And I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember there being a couple of moments that were creepy. I, I really felt like with Blair Witch, the only moment I thought was creepy besides the part with like the snot saying I never noticed. She was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, besides that. Was the very which don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen it, but the very very end that last shot that was creepy. Yeah, but yeah, really, I had to, I had to sit here for that long to get to the last one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but uh, the other one I want to ask you about because I've heard a lot about it. Are have you seen and or are you going to see VHS?
3: Yes, uh, I've I've already been asked that. One of the listeners asked me, and it was playing here. But uh, I'm in San Francisco. I would have had to take the uh, Bart to Berkeley. And I was just too lazy. Uh, that was the only place it was playing. So I really wanted to see that one in the theater. just didn't happen. But I will see it and we'll cover it. I've heard awesome things about it. Yeah. And um, I'm trying not to, to get any spoilers. So I haven't watched any trailers. I'm just going to see it when I get the chance to.
1: Oh, I feel like you have a similar sensibility to me when it comes to horror. So I'm going to be looking for that episode. And and I'll probably totally gauge whether or not I'll waste my time. They still <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.
3: Well, well, as you know, I I completely spoil them, and oh, yeah, and bother me. I have you listened to the show? Other, yeah, <laughs> oftentimes I spoil five other movies on the way too. I just, yeah. you know, so I apologize for that. But um, uh, maybe I'll just send you a message and, and say go see it before you listen yeah. to the to the show.
1: Okay, I got you. Okay, all right, cool, cool enough. All right, Jay, you wanna? Well, oh, I huh, almost did it again. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Jv, for the spoiler alert. Where can they find him, Jay? JVMail.com and of course the always stupendous show art courtesy of our guy who can't get enough of us. You know how we know? Because he did two podcasts with us, folks. Two episodes back to back. He's been on
2: twice. Yes. Dummy.
1: He did throw up both times. (laughs) Kevin Spencer, Inkspatters.com. Thank you, Kevin as always. And of course, thanks again to Midnight Syndicate for letting us use that really creepy, you know, music at the beginning. And that's the other thing, Dead Matter, the score, which they did, of course, duh, was excellent. And it's, it's interesting to see, because I've seen lots of, you know, independent lower budget films where they do not have that type of sound design and scoring. Jason, you've talked about this ad nauseum, how to you score music is essential and, and it really was excellent. I mean, I thought the score was great. So, for the dead matter. So, yeah. So, thanks to them as well. And, Jason, would you now like to hit us with some knowledge?
2: Yes. Uh, by all means, check us out on uh, iTunes. Uh, you can get us there absolutely free. We don't even charge you money for our podcast. Um, when you hit the iTunes, be sure and give us a review. Let us know what you think, uh, preferably if it's five stars or more. Um, you can also find us at ForgottenFlix.com. That's flicks with an X. And uh, you can reach both of us via Twitter. I am at Flicks Sidekick. Joel is at Forgotten Flicks. And of course, if you don't get enough of the shenanigans once a week or every other week when we're not talking horror, you can check us out on Facebook. We have a group and a fan page. So there's just so much of us. And by
1: the way, that is singular. Love. Fan yeah. page. There's one. Fan
2: page. Yeah, we've got one and it's my mom. So
1: <laughs> And she doesn't like love, to admit it in public.
2: Yeah, she doesn't listen. She just liked it to be supportive. So. Be, yeah.
1: Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Oh and just to make sure Doug the actual URL
3: is foundfootagefilms.libsyn.com. Okay,
1: and I'm going to have in the show notes so just in case. All right, so any final words, gentlemen? I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery.